A badge of honor. Police officers and first responders wear badges to let their communities know they are here to protect and serve. But that's not how it feels today. And the stress of the job is taking its toll, picking lives through suicide and post-traumatic stress injury. A Badge of Honor podcast features the cast of the same name, Sam Horwitz and John Salerno. Sam, John, and the team offer the first responders workshops through their critical incident stress management teams and mental health liaisons to offer state-certified T-Cole credit programs that save lives. It's time to smash through the stigma. It's time to heal from your injury, and it's time to back our blue. Welcome to a Badge of Honor podcast. Here are your hosts, Sam Horowitz and John Salerno. Hey, welcome to a Badge of Honor podcast. And you switched our screens around a little bit, Sam, which threw me <laughs> off a little bit. I'm looking over here, and you know my eyes are all messed up to begin with. So you really uh, threw a, a monkey wrench into that one. But uh, once again, welcome to a Badge of Honor podcast with John and Sam. You know, we are here to heal our heroes. This is all dedicated to law enforcement and our first responders throughout the nation. Um, I want to begin by uh, sending out um, our thoughts and prayers to Sheriff Lamb, who uh, tragically, just before the Christmas holidays, had lost his son and grandson in a horrific car accident. So our hearts and uh, prayers go out to the family and friends of Sheriff, Sheriff Lamb. Uh, horrible accident just before uh, the holidays. Um, I saw him and his wife um, did a, a video the other day, standing strong together. They're blessed by God, and uh, they're using their faith to keep get them through this. And for anybody who uh, is going to attend the funeral, they will be sh- sharing details on the funeral this week on social media to see if anybody wants to uh, attend um, those services. But once again, our thoughts and prayers to Sheriff Lamb and his family. So welcome, Sam. How are you? Oh, I am doing great. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I wrapped up everything last night. And uh, well, I guess today is still still the Christmas Day observed. Oh, that's you, blew, you, you blew out all your candles, right? Say, say that again, what? You, you blew out all your Hanukkah candles? Well, we we don't blow them out, but yes, the the Hanukkah candles were lit. They they burned down, you know, the, themselves because you don't. That's a whole another show. My Christmas, my Christmas goes candles. My Christmas goes to January sixth because my wife make goes till Little Christmas, so I can't take down any of these friggin' decorations until January sixth. <laughs> Well, you know, there is there. It, it's still a holiday time. We've got the new year coming in. Um, it, it's the little things that we can grab onto that um, bring us joy, because it is uh, it is it's a little bit of a dark time, John. I, I got to tell you, since we uh, we got back um, from Chicago just before Thanksgiving, it seemed like we were just on a roller coaster ride. We continue to lose. Uh, our men and women um, and the first responder community. Um, as we already know, the suicide rate has, seems to go up every year at this time, but it still it, it still doesn't make it any easier, um, especially when we know exactly what's going on and we have departments um, you know, covering it up or blaming it on something else. Uh, we even have our own government um, doing the same thing when it comes to our border patrol agents down uh, down here on the Texas border. It, it, hello, 
Um, you know, got to clue some people in. It's not their relationships that are causing them to complete suicide. It's what John talks about almost every single week. It's stuff that we have been through that has compromised our coping abilities, our coping mechanisms, yes. compounded by the job and what uh, we experience and the traumas and the stresses. And when your coping mechanisms are, you know, not in the right place, bad things uh, can happen. And, um, you know, we've got uh, we've got a great show tonight because uh, our guest, uh, John, really sheds a lot of light, goes to bat for uh, our men and women in blue. And, and I mean, even when I, when I say go to bat, they go to court, they file lawsuits, yeah. they're out there. But I think one of the biggest things, especially going into 2023, when morale's at its low lowest, we're going to talk about why that is in a second here, but it's important to have an organization that can educate the police supporters, those folks that have never worn a badge, um, carried a gun, a hose, whatever you, you want. They, 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 they have a heart for this, but they, they don't know how to serve, if that makes sense. And so we have got Sergeant Betsy Smith with the National uh, Police Association. And what they do is help lay people help the supporters understand what you and I did, what we've all done. So without further ado, uh, Sergeant Betsy Smith retired. Welcome to the Back Corner Podcast powered by the OBBM Network. <laughs> hey, you guys, thanks so much. Um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Sam, uh, I had a bunch of retired cop friends over on Christmas Eve and my Girlfriend who's Jewish brought a homemade challah bread. And yeah. so for the first time, we said we're going to do this every year. So for the first time, we she said the prayer. We broke the challah bread. I was the woman of the house. I got the first piece. And we mm -hmm. passed it around. And, of course, we prayed. And then we prayed for our first responders and our, uh, our military. And it was such a wonderful tradition. We said we're going to incorporate that into our Christmas Eve from here on. So I hope everybody had a terrific holiday. That, yes, is, that is awesome. You know, uh, Betsy, I'm, I'm just going over the National Police Association website. And the, the work you guys are doing is there's a lot of information. And I really um, suggest that anybody that's out there, go to uh, nationalpoliceassociation.org uh, and, and look at all the information that's piled into this website. Because from news articles to reward programs to grant programs for legal work, and more. Um, it's such an informative website, probably way too much to cover in a one hour show. But um, man, you got so much in here. It's uh, fantastic. The work that you guys are doing throughout our nation for our Leos. Yeah, we're, I tell you what we do. And, and I really do encourage everybody go to nationalpolice.org. You know, everybody, a lot of people see us National Police Association. They think we're a union or something. We're not. We're really an association for citizens to better understand this profession, to learn how they can help us. One of the great things that I love that we have is a thank you note program where you can download these thank you notes, take them to your local police department or mail a bunch of them in. I know a lot of people, they do it as a project with their kids or their children's groups like scouts or whatever. And cops just love that. We have a thank a cop billboard program 
that's really popular around the country. We have a team of attorneys that get involved in different cases. We love to file amicus briefs and FOIA requests in cases where we think either cops got a wrong deal or maybe a law might go to the Supreme Court, a potential law that's really going to make it a problem for law enforcement. We get involved in that. We have a team of writers where there's so much great information um, about the law enforcement profession and, and different cases. And we don't pull any punches. And then, of course, two and a half years ago, they hired me and uh, to go out and they give me free reign to talk to the media, say what I want to say, talk about American law enforcement and the fact that we're not a bunch of racist thugs and, and indeed that we are out there trying to save the lives of the citizens that we all spent so much of our lives, right, trying to yeah. protect. So I'm I'm really grateful to be a part of this organization. We need that voice. We need that voice. And law enforcement across the nation needs that voice. When when the voices are being shadowed, when the voices are being stepped on throughout all our media, throughout our news networks, throughout our politicians, either that they're just they're scared to, to make waves or, or they're just in that woke community of uh, defund the police. We need a voice like you and your organization to really speak for our, our men and women that are putting their lives on the line each and every day. Well, and, and I'm so grateful because, you know, because we're not a union, we're not beholden to any political party, to any politician, um, you know, so we get to go out there and just really tell the truth. And, uh, okay. you well, know, you and one, of the, one of the things about me is, uh, you know, I'm retired from my police department. I own the training company I work for. So I'm, basically uncancelable it's a nice place to be oh i like that yes. uncancelable we are we are uh live with the uncancelable sergeant <laughs> betsy smith retired well betsy you know you like you just said you, you have the outlet to really be uh an education piece with the public but you did serve in, in the police department just tell our our listeners and our, our watchers here live uh, a little bit about how you got where you are well, I uh, became a police dispatcher at age 17 as a senior in high school, went to college, became a police officer at age 21 in the Chicago suburbs. And for 29 years, I had a terrific police career, um, you know, I promoted to sergeant, stayed there. And, and I just did everything that I really ever wanted to do. Bike patrol. I ran canine. I even ran animal control, uh, did patrol, did detectives, did crime prevention, um, I had a terrific 29 years and, and kind of a parallel, parallel to that last 20 years I was on the job. Um, I got, a, I was a writer. I got a job with the law enforcement television network on uh, video with satellite training, old technology. And, uh, and then I got hired by policeone.com and officer.com and, uh, and uh, worked for the, I'm the only woman ever to teach the caliber press street survival seminar and uh, my husband and I teamed up. Uh, he's a guy that a lot of our uh, viewers might know. I am Mrs. J.D. Buck Savage. That's right. That's, one, that's me. And uh, so uh, Dave Smith, my husband, just an extraordinary trainer and, uh, and commentator and writer. And so we have just been traveling the world um, training cops. And it's a, it's a great life. And uh and he's a terrific guy, a terrific mentor. 
Well, you know, your career, you heard on the intro, we we got uh, back from uh, an interesting time in Chicago. We, we had a lot of great connections in our workshop that we did up there. And then it seemed like, I don't know, if the holiday times hit and uh, a lot of the frustration hit and... Um, you know, our hearts obviously went right back to Chicago and for, for you being retired and seeing what's going on, not only in the city that you served, even though it was the outskirts, you're serving the, the greater Chicago. What, I mean, what do you make, what do you make of all this, especially in light of the ridiculous laws that are coming out there and a mayor it just doesn't get uh, it. It's so frustrating. You know, the um, one of the last two classes that I did um, before the COVID shutdown was at Chicago PD headquarters. And just the men and women of that agency, the, the energy and the diversity and the dedication was just, it was one of the best training experiences I, I've ever had. And Unfortunately, you know, as I think a lot of people know, you know, in the last what week we've had three Chicago police officers commit suicide. We have a high and Chicago PD has a, a, a high suicide rate anyway. And quite frankly, they have a lot of weak leadership and they have a mayor that is probably and again, I'm born and raised in Illinois. You know, our politics are notoriously corrupt. You know, that's been my entire lifetime. But Mayor Lori Lightfoot is probably the most out of touch mayor ever in the city of Chicago. And that is saying something. Yeah, yeah. you know, we are talking with Sergeant Betsy Smith, retired from the National Police Association. We are going to get into uh, how out of touch she is. And we're going to uh, kick stuff off when we come back from our break, talking about the Safety Act that goes into effect on January 1st. So we will be right back, folks. Stay tuned. Move freely, America, without medical restrictions or penalty. Without medical freedom legislation in place, our rights and freedoms are one vote away from being dissolved. Move freely, America, with one voice, without fear of retribution, achieving a common goal, medical freedom. We the people make our voices heard by connecting with state legislators and engaging a constitutionally compliant medical bill of rights for all citizens. Individually, change is improbable, but as an aggregate, attainable. It's time to act with one voice. My voice. And my voice. And my voice. And my voice. To protect our freedom, creating one voice that cannot be ignored. This requires your voice, too. Move Freely America. Go to movefreelyamerica.org to find a chapter near you. Plug in, donate, and help our legislators defend our God-given rights under the Constitution. Move Freely America. My voice. And my voice. And together with your voice, we're one voice that cannot be ignored. Donate today. Movefreelyamerica.org. Hey, welcome back to a Badge of Honor podcast with John and Sam. And uh, and welcome our guest, Sergeant Betsy uh, Smith with the National Police Association, retired out of Chicago. And that's some place that me and Sam just had the uh, honor of doing some post-traumatic stress classes at. And, you know, before we left for break, you talked about the high suicide rate within the Chicago area. And when we had left, 
just as we left, there were two suicides that were never <clears throat> prior to the last three this week, but two suicides, and which should really uh, infuriate every officer out there, is that an 18-year veteran died from suicide, and the city blamed it on a drug overdose. Now, if you are in law enforcement, you know, after 18 years on the job, you are not a drug addict. You're not using drugs. It would have come up somewhere in your career that you were you were doing drugs. Not every police officer takes a gun to his head. Some will take pills. Some will. I mean, there's there's many different ways that these officers are taking their lives. And because they're not in uniform or they don't do it on on um, police property. They are not marking it down as suicide because they are so afraid of the the, the backlash they're going to get because they are not doing their job. They're putting smoke and mirror uh, together with EPAs and everything else, and they're, they're not working for our law enforcement officers. So every officer out there that's listening should be infuriated <clears throat> about how their commands and their upper staff are treating them in the mental health field. Yeah, absolutely. The whole, I mean, Chicago PD is kind of its own entity. And then, but the suburbs around Chicago tend to very often mimic what is happening there, you know, and, and Cook County, Illinois, notoriously has a George Soros installed prosecutor that adds to the frustration of what's happening in Illinois, you know, in Chicago, um, when you, when you do bring a good case you know, involving gun violence, things like that to the prosecutor's office, you have no idea if it's even going to end up going to trial or is it going to be pled down to a nothing misdemeanor. Um, yeah. The, the pre-trial um, bail reform and all the things that are, they're already bad enough, but as of January 1st with the safety act, I mean, we're going to see these pre-trial uh, restrictions. We're going to see no cash bail. Um, we're we're just, you know, there's going to be, um, People right now in jail awaiting trial that are going to have to be released throughout the whole state, not just in Chicago. Um, and there's a whole lot to the Safety Act. We can talk about that. But when, just when you look at Chicago PD, again, what they are dealing with, with the lousy leadership, along with the extraordinary violent crime, a lack of prosecutorial support, um, you know, and then the the street gangs that run so many neighborhoods of Chicago. It's the perfect storm for horrible mental health uh, mental health issues for those police officers trying to just stem the flow of violent crime in neighborhoods. And let me just say this: in neighborhoods where people want them there. You know, this is I keep hearing all these pundits say, "Oh, people are committing violent crime because they're poor." Just because you're poor doesn't mean you're a criminal. Being a criminal is a conscious choice. And there are people in every neighborhood of Chicago, a lot of people who love their law enforcement, love their police officers, are frustrated with what's happening, but they're absolutely helpless at the hands of the street gangs. Well, the craziest thing that we heard when we were down there, and I know the the, the vehicle pursuit um, statue came about where they connect, but now when we were down there, they passed a non-foot pursuit. You can't chase somebody on foot. What? I mean, are they? No, there's basically no reason to stick around if you're a criminal. Right. And, They're yeah. holding the handcuffs <laughs> even tighter on our, our law enforcement. They can't do their job. 
Hey, right. John, don't forget about the trespassing thing also. Well, that comes up in um, the, the safety That's act. in the safety act. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and for folks who aren't familiar with Illinois law, what happened, and it's been almost two years, um, immediately after George Floyd, the Illinois legislature got together and um, decided we've got to have criminal justice reform, right? Everybody hears that, criminal justice reform. So they, they did this, uh, basically they uh, did a multi-tiered law where some of it starts January 1st and then the next year and the next year and the next year. And it affects every thing. It affects, um, like we talked about, you know, pretrial detentions. It affects bail. It affects how police officers write their police reports, how they use their body camera footage. I mean, absolutely everything. And, and um, it allows for anonymous complaints. This is one of the ones that really has police officers upset. Anybody can make an anonymous complaint and it's going to go right in, get investigated, go into the officer's file, um, this and that. It, it's, it's just police officers are the bad guys now in Illinois and, uh, and the criminals and the, the people have all the power and it's not, it, there's great, huge restrictions to use of force um, that are going to be a real problem for laws. More. There's a couple of good things. I do want to say there's a couple of good things. Um, more police training. And so there's going to be more money for police training. Um, but again, it's, you know, certain kinds of police training. Right. And um, um, so it's going to make life very difficult for Illinois law enforcement. So what's going to happen? There's going to be more criminals on the street. They're going to have more freedoms. There's going to be more restrictions for police officers. And we train there quite often. That's where I'm from. Um, in fact, I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Every police officer that can leave is leaving. And so we're this, this huge shortage that we already have of law enforcement officers around the country, boy, it's going to get bad in Illinois, as bad as it's gotten in Seattle and Portland and, and other cities around the nation. And it's going to be a problem for the citizens of Illinois. We were just talking about that prior to you coming on. Like my NYPD class back in 1990, we had 2,100 recruits just in my one academy class, 2,100. Departments are lucky if they can get 300 good individuals to get into an academy class now. I think, yeah, I think 30 is, is a big number. Certainly, yeah. look, any, any metropolitan city and, you know, people are looking at politics um, so if it's a major democratic city, they are leaving in droves. Uh, remember, um, New York put like a moratorium on like, Hey, nobody else can put in their retirement papers right now. Same thing in, in Chicago and other, other big cities. This is this police shortage that we're going to see in 2023 is unprecedented that we, we all know it is a, there's a plan behind it. And so what I want to say right off the bat is I just gave uh, I just filled out paperwork for somebody who is uh, stepping up to be a police officer. Um, kudos to those folks out there that are just uh, have the heart for service. They want to serve their communities. They want to make a difference. They're not naive. They know what they're coming up against, but they're like, this is what I have to do. And, and, and so thank you. 
I just want to pause. You know, we want we want to say thank you for do for doing that. We need to reverse this. I don't. I don't even. I can't even think of the word of what you wanted. This polarization. We need to reverse it to yeah. where we have so many, and we have dedicated people right now. But when you're forced to work overtime, when you never see your family because you gotta do more and more to put food on the table, it, the, the stress is unbelievable. We've got the suicides. We've got shootings. We we've got. It's, you know, the, the accidents on duty, it's, it's not a mystery that all of this is coming to a head, but if we can get passionate people in the job, don't you think eventually we could start turning a corner, especially if we vote out the people that are creating this problem in the first place? Well, and let me tell you, I just saw something. We were so heartened. The National Police Association was a sponsor at Turning Point USA's America Fest in Phoenix last week. We had so many people walk up to um, our, we had a booth in the, in the vendor hall and then I did a bunch of media interviews. But at our booth, we had so many young people come up to us and say, I'm studying to be a police officer. Nice. And we were like, what? Wow. I mean, it was just, we hugged every one of these kids. We were giving wow. them Buck Savage t-shirts and challenge coins. And we're just like, holy cow. It was, you guys would have felt so good meeting these young men and women who are, they're studying, you know, criminal justice and sociology and things like that. And they all said, I want to be a cop. And we're like, wow, you know, and you know what? And it's just what you said, Sam, you know, cause we, Dave and I asked him, you know, you know, it's not the best time right now. You know, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? They were all very aware of the situation and they said, I still want to serve. And uh, we were just we were just so heartened. It was amazing. You know, and then you wonder. I wonder if those those officers, those new recruits, are coming from a police or a law enforcement uh, background from their families. A lot uh, of them were too. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, but what's gonna like what you were talking about before, Sam? We have to change the culture. We have to we have to really flip this script, and it's up to the politicians to change the narrative in here, where. <clears throat> They have to allow cops to do their job. They have to make the job of law enforcement more uh, um, more appeasable to um, people. You know, when you see, like what we talked about last week, the 14 DPS officers down at the border who have taken their life, and now they just finally start talking about it. If you saw 14 Wall Street represent uh, corporate reps commit suicide in the last year, there would be an uprise. It would be an, it would be an epidemic. There would be, it would be on the news, but we're hiding the fact that these men and women are suffering the news media. And I think it's only Fox news. That's really starting to take a bite out of it. But every other news outlet out there is hiding the fact that are, they're not robots. They're human beings that are out there trying to do their job. And we are just, we, we're just pouring fuel on the fire for, uh, a really horrible, horrible next few years for our officers. Well, John, you know, you said you said it's up to our politicians. I want to say it's up to us. It's up to uh, people like Betsy. It's up to NPA. It's up to the folks that support law enforcement to say enough is enough. We want our police. Not only do we want our police back, we want our cities to be safe again. 
Um, you, well, and that's what we do is we we ask police leaders <laughs> right. to stand up and start talking about these issues about the uh, you know how officer shootings are once again up up you know off us getting shot yeah. um, suicides you know two and a half times or more by our own hand you know do we die than by felonious assaults police leaders need to get a lot louder and a lot more visible on these issues. It's incredibly frustrating when we see leadership just sort of sit back or maybe do an annual address or whatever. We need, the, we need, and we need the leaders to talk to the politicians and say, look, this is enough. You can't treat my people like this. You can't, tr you can't keep passing laws like this. And we also have to have like you said, us, those of us in the profession, those of us who were in the profession, but we also need educators. We need church leaders and we need citizens who are willing to help us fight that false narrative and understand that and know the facts mm -hmm. and, you know, read books and, and learn about the real causes of crime and to be able to tell their friends and neighbors that it's not American law enforcement, that's the problem. We are not a bunch of racist thugs. We are not out there killing unarmed black people every day. Like some polls will say that, that people, right. people truly believe that. Yes. And, uh, and so we've got to all as Americans get a lot louder about supporting American law enforcement. It's not enough just to refund us. I know the defund police movement, you know, they're kind of walking that back. But you can't just walk that back and stay silent. Cops need to be lifted up. The profession needs to be, you know, just what you guys said. It it needs to be a, a an admirable, noble, desirable profession again. But I'm sure you see this more than me and Sam do because you're on the front lines of this. Um, our leaders, our so-called police chiefs and, you know, it's not the, the leaders that are running the police departments anymore. It's the politicians. And the leaders are so afraid to speak up because they'll lose their position. They'll be they'll be ousted out or or replaced by some woke individual that will listen to the politicians. How do we have people in how we got politicians who've never done a day on the street making choices for our men and women out on the street and our police our police uh leaders are too afraid to stand up. And, and, and speak out because they will lose what they've worked for. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. There are so many police leaders um, and it tends to be more the chiefs than it is the sheriffs because sheriffs are, they're elected by the people. So they, right. they are kind of forced to be able to talk about things. And, and in a lot of sheriff's um, departments, you know, those sheriffs are, are, uh, their voters tell them, we want you to uplift your cops. We want you to have more cops. We want, you know, more police on the street, things like that. With a lot of police chiefs, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, where they are hired by mayors or city managers or city councils who are incredibly woke. They're anti cop, they're pro criminal, you know, because of criminal justice reform. Those leaders have got to stand up remember where they came from yes, and talk about what criminal justice reform really means to the citizens of this country. And I think that's where 
a lot of these leaders could talk about how this vilification of law enforcement, it doesn't just affect us in the profession. Who does it really affect? It affects the citizens, right. the people we are trying to, to protect. Why do you think homicide is off the charts? Why do you think carjackings are, are going crazy? Why do you think high-end retail theft is as high as we've seen it since the 90s? You know, it's because, um, <laughs> yes, and, you know, we call it de-policing, where American law enforcement officers, I mean, you know this in New York, uh, look at NYPD, you know, when they're told, you know, to, you know, stand down and don't do this and don't do that. You know, what do you do then after a while? You just start taking reports. You become a fireman, you know, right? And you so that becomes what we call de-policing. You add to that. Things like criminal justice reform, bail, uh, you know, no cash bail, things like that. Then you have de-prosecution. That leads to de-incarceration, which again is what they want. That leads to what? Chaos, societal chaos. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's why we all have the thin blue line, all three of yeah. us behind us. What are we, the thin blue line between our people, our people that we all put our lives on the line to protect? And the chaos that is is being not just created, it's being ramped up exponentially. Yeah. Well, folks, and if you are just joining us on the podcast, we are talking to retired Sergeant Betsy Smith, who, along with her husband, run the National Police Association. They are doing phenomenal work. Hey, we got to take a quick break and we will be right back to uh, continue this very important and very very spirited conversation. Stay yep. tuned. We'll be right back. Interested in starting a podcast or TV show? Worried about what you'll say and how to keep it engaging? Think you'd like to be a guest on podcast, radio, or TV shows? Hi, I'm Susan Hamilton, owner and founder of OBBM Network, and I would like to invite you to an OBBM media training to get the tools you need for a relaxed and polished performance you'll be proud to share. Our specialized training techniques include role play, voice training, and everything you need to deliver a confident, clear, and engaging interaction. Go to offbeatbusiness.com. Go to the calendar and register for a training that's convenient for you. Dates available now, 214-714-0495. Hey, welcome back to a Badge of Honor podcast with John and Sam and our lovely guest, Sergeant Betsy Smith with uh, the Police uh, police Officers Association. Uh, sorry. The, uh, police <laughs> National Police Association. I put it there up on the screen yeah. for you, John. <laughs> no, I'm sorry because, you know, the person who has uh, been texting me about all the suicides in in Chicago just text, text me again, and I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. Is that he goes, and I, I got to bring this up because this, this, it's not police related, but it is fire related. It says, hey, I assume you heard about the firefighter from Hearst, which is my hometown, my neighborhood right here. I said, no, what? He goes, well, uh, we lost a firefighter here in the DFW Metroplex just uh, this past 24 hours to suicide. And, I, you know, it's, I, I keep get these texts every day and they're just, they're just heartbreaking um, because they, they can be. We, we can fix this. We can fix this with with little work. We just got to let the, them know that we're there. And I, it, it, it pains me to see this every day. These are preventable deaths. 
Absolutely. And it's it's just just like we wouldn't let our firefighters go out there without a helmet and their fireproof turnout stuff. We wouldn't let cops go out there without their body armor and and uh, you know a low their pistol and and all their other tools and things. You wouldn't send a fireman to without a hose. And yet we talk about all these first responder suicides. Those are preventable deaths that we have yet to get a handle on. And, and a big part of that, I think, is like we've been talking about, our leadership won't talk about it. But, you know, you know, Betsy, one thing I try to I try to help people understand um, that, you know, we've got the, the back the blue supporters and they are the ones doing the uh, writing in campaigns and posting on different social media outlets praying for our men and women, our first responders, our, our veterans, our military members every single day. It's not it's not those people that we that we need to really get through to because they get it. But for for the, the other people, for for the lay person, imagine going to work every day, okay, being yelled at by your boss constantly, not having the support when you go to the human resources that you think you should have or that or that the human resources says we're here for you when they're really not they just tell you we'll do this and go out go away get out of my office oh or here call this number you call the number nobody answers where at every turn there is a roadblock imagine going to work every single day like that yeah now you understand <laughs> yeah it's really it's really really true and that's one of the things that the national police association we ask people to do is just things as simple as smiling and go, walking up to a police officer who's in line for coffee and just saying thanks for what you do waving and smiling them as they're as they're driving down the street you know uh, you know buy them a cup of coffee or or again do our thank you notes Help sponsor a, bull, a billboard that says, thank you, cop, because those kinds of things, as you guys know, can just change your day, your week, your month as a police officer and perhaps interrupt those that feeling of despair that every one of us has felt in thinking, damn, you know, nobody cares about what I do because that sense of mission for us in law enforcement is just so important. And when one citizen understands that sense of mission and thanks us, yep. recognizes us, that can just be, it can literally be life-changing. We have an organization out here and I don't know if they're nationwide, but I, I think they'll go nationwide. It's called Spokes for Hope. I don't know if mm -hmm. you ever heard of them, Betsy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they um, you know, they buy bicycles for children in, in some of the neighborhoods and, and some of the not and the less fortunate kids, but they don't give them out. They bring those bicycles to the precinct, to the, the, the police station, and they give them to the cop to give out. Oh, it wow. kind of it kind of bridges a gap and it shows that police officers aren't so bad. It shows the community that, hey, I'm human, I, I'm thinking about you, I care about you. I'm not only here to, you know, I'm not I'm not always here to uh, arrest you or or be you know vilified like that. I'm here to help you. Yeah. And, you know, they do such a wonderful job. We need more organizations to back our blue and help them do their job. 
and and you know from all around and that will uplift some of our offices that will give them the morale because then i'll see people backing them they'll see people okay you got my back you got my back you got my back you know what and and they can go they can walk away with some sense of like you said mission or pride or you know leave the job going hey i accomplished something i made someone smile today i didn't just scream at somebody i made a child smile i did something yeah and those little things those little things make a make a big difference in uh, any officer's heart, you know, makes them oh, want yeah. to go back to work the next day. Yeah, oh no, you're absolutely right. I mean, that kind of positive interaction between, you know, especially kids and law enforcement can, can again, truly be life-changing. And, you know, one of the other things I, I think that we're leaving out of this equation is, um, and, you know, here we are doing a podcast, is media. You know, the media has jumped on this vilification of law enforcement really since 2014. But of course, since the death of George Floyd, they've just ramped it up extraordinarily. And, uh, and, you know, you talked about, you know, Fox news, you know, be, you know, supporters of law enforcement trying to dig into the police officer desk. You know, there's Newsmax, there's real America's voice. There's a lot of good conservative media out there. um, Alternatives to the mainstream media, if you will, that uh, that are starting to really understand not just police officers killed and injured in the line of duty and assaulted, um, but our suicide situation as well. And so people what people need to do is consume the pro police media, you know, stop turning on the NBCs and the CBS and the, you know, NPR, you know, type yeah. stations that uh, that yeah. hate us. And, and also make your views known on social media that you don't want to hear the anti-cop stuff that you'd like to hear some positive police stuff. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you do a great job as well as some other organizations about posting the pro police, like what good things police officers are doing in the community because newsflash, there's a whole bunch of them. That's mostly what we do. Exactly. (laughs) Most people do not see on any given day because they're only running the negative narratives. Right. And um, if, if people knew and if people, you you know, it's so hard because if we didn't have a podcast like this, if you didn't have your podcast and, and other um, more conservative pro uh, first responder podcast. If if people are not consuming this, it's almost like they're living in some alternate reality. Because if you're waking up every morning, turning on regular radio or I call it regular TV, right? You're all you're seeing is negative stuff about everything. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, true, it's, and it's depressing, and and, and it's like. It sets the tone for if you get pulled over, oh, God, I heard about this on the news and blah, blah, blah. why am I getting pulled? You know, and immediately the camera goes on and you're listening to this tirade of something where it's get your ticket or get your warning if you just said, hey, sorry, I was speeding, which most of the time, hey, get your warning. But because people have just it's the narrative it's just skewed so many to just be argumentative right off the bat if you just like john and i say take a deep breath yeah 
well gain now some perspective everybody wants to challenge officers no matter what yes. they do now they, the right. challenge is on because of the cell phone that's looking to get YouTube footage yeah they can become their next YouTube star or whatever right like you said with the with a basic car stop turns into almost an altercation over a, a, a bullshit ticket you know right um, people are challenging cops now that you can't touch me. Don't come, or they're filming them at the police station. This is the law. Like they know the laws and they think they know the laws, and, but they, it's everything's a challenge now. And you know, you brought up just go up, cop, and say hello and thank you. Right now, that's the scariest part for a cop because you're, if you're approaching their car, you want know there have been too many assassinations. People are pulling out their guns at alarming rate. Mm -hmm. Tons oh yeah, never seen before. Now a domestic is turning into a shooting. NYPD, ten or fifteen shootings in the last eight months, nine months. You've never heard that. People are so right. far taking out their guns and firing at cops all over the nation. We've Why? had a hundred and twenty-five police officers shot in just in ambush-style attacks this year already. I mean, that's extraordinary. Ambush attacks are up. You know, our, you know, we've had at least 60 police officers murdered by gunfire alone. We've had well over uh, nearly 350 shot in the line of duty. I mean, we haven't seen those numbers um, since the uh, right, the late 70s, yeah. early 80s. Yeah. Right. right. You right. look at the mental stress, the hypervigilant state that that officer is in mm. constantly every single day for a 12 hour shift. You're telling me that doesn't put a mental strain. That doesn't put. That doesn't damage your coping mechanism. That doesn't damage your way of human life with your family. That exactly. all, that's all comprised of it. And they just think we're robots. Well, the cops are out there that are robots. They go to job. They forget about everything. They go home. That's not how this works. Well, and again, that goes back to you. Got to look at the media, and you know, because that's very often how we are portrayed. You know, we're portrayed as either killers or robots or people who don't care about people and and this and that and uh and you know and then there's a lot of cop shows that portray us as you know drunks or or bad cops or or whatever and uh and you know and again that continues to wear on as you guys know these these individual officers and when you know when you've chosen a life of service and that's what law enforcement is just like military and firefighting and uh, EMS services, when you've chosen that life of service and the people that you want to serve are being told that you are something that you're not. I mean, think about this being lied about every single day in the media and in entertainment and on social media. You know, I hope people, listening to this and hearing this uh, and seeing this are understanding how difficult it can be. To hey, be you are listening to officer. Sergeant Betsy Smith, a retired from the National Police Association. We are having an in-depth conversation on uh, how to back our first responders, how to back our blue. We had to take a quick break and we will be right back. Stay tuned, everybody. What is the role of American government anyway? Is the role of government to decide where I can go and where I can't? Is the role of government to work tirelessly to destroy vital infrastructure that keeps goods and services from my customers? 
is the role of government to choose who can drive, fly, or ride according to mandated stipulations that threaten my body, health, mind, and conscience? Without medical freedom legislation in place, our rights and freedoms are one vote away from being dissolved. Individually, change is improbable, but as an aggregate, attainable. It's time to act with one voice. My voice. And my voice. And my voice. And my voice. To protect our freedom, creating one voice that cannot be ignored. This requires your voice, too. Your voice, your feet, your vote, not just at the ballot box, but training to be a poll watcher, precinct chair, judge, or early ballot counter, so you are doing all you can to protect the fairly counted American vote. Move Freely America. Go to movefreelyamerica.org to find a chapter near you. Plug in, donate, and help our legislators defend our God-given rights under the Constitution. Move Freely America, because my voice... And my voice. Together with your voice, we're one voice that cannot be ignored. Donate today. MoveFreelyAmerica.org. Hey, I want to welcome you back to the Badge of Honor podcast with John and Sam with Sergeant Betsy Smith of the National Police Association. If you look at those commercials, that we're powered by the OBBM network, and all our commercials talk about free voice. And we're talking about you must stand up if you have a voice and you support our uh, first responders out there. Have that voice. Do not be scared to use it. Scream at the top of your lungs because they need their support. They need our support. We have to, because no one else will, support our men and women in blue uh, out there protecting us and serving us every single day. Think about if you called 911 and nobody answered or said, hey, I'll have a car there in a couple of hours, four or five hours. Well, someone's breaking into your house. We can't have that. And we're going to have that in the next couple of years because the, the police forces are diminishing in personnel. We're losing experience and veteran officers will not be able to solve crimes. So like we see here in, in uh, Iowa with those four, those four kids who were, take, you know, were brutally murdered, young officers are running that case. Now the FBI came in, but they're still young. They're not veteran sleuths. They're not detectives. They, they, you know, they're still learning. It's going to have a big effect over the next couple of years. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sam. No, I was going to say with uh, with our last two minutes remaining, how can people really dive in? You want to back your blue besides visiting your website at nationalpolice.org. What are some specifics? Like how do you direct them from when I'm on the website? What do I need to do? Take a look at uh, the articles. You know, it's a really easy to navigate website. The first thing you get when you go there is you're going to learn about the show that I have on uh, Pluto and the First TV, the NPA report. We have great guests like Sam Horowitz, um, who's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks on our show. We have fantastic articles that will give you, the citizen, some information that you can use to help fight that false narrative. You can also donate to the association, and that money goes to those teams of lawyers and writers uh, who are getting involved in very specific cases to help American law enforcement and the citizens who support us and the citizens who need us. Absolutely. Well, Betsy, I always say every week, this hour has flown by. We thank you so much uh, for joining us, for enlightening uh, our listeners, because this goes, it takes a lot of work to change a narrative. It also takes a lot of work to educate in a time where all of that is being tamped down. So thank you for what you do. 
Folks, nationalpolice.org, if you're listening, if you're watching, it's right there on the screen. Be an advocate for change. Remember, you're ultimately doing good for your, yourself as well as your own community and uh, bolstering our men and women who have taken that oath and who serve um, every day because that's where their heart is. They wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, any closing thoughts? I just thank you guys so much for having me on and talking about the association and for what the two of you do to support the men and women who are still out there doing what we all did, trying to take care of the American citizen and help keep them safe. Thank you. No, you are welcome, Betsy. It, it, is, uh, it is our honor and how we continue um, to serve uh, for sure. Thank you so much. And uh, we will be in touch. Have a happy new year, Betsy. Yeah, you guys too. Happy new year. Happy and safe. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Take care. Wow. No. What, uh, what an amazing time. You know, it is, uh, it is so important. We need to change the narrative for 2023 and we do it just like Betsy said, we get involved because if we can do it along with organizations like national police association, and if you don't know how, just again, visit their website, nationalpolice.org. They have the roadmap. They have the, the know-how um, on, on how to do it. If you want to give a donation, bam, give a donation. If you want to write some some uh, postcards to thank a cop, boom, you, you, got, you got that right there. And there are so many other ways. Start with educating yourself on uh, what is needed and really what is going on out there because you're not getting it if you're just on social media and uh, consuming the news every day, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know what? Once again, consuming the news for a, a false narrative on what our men and women in blue out there do each and every day. Um, turn over to a channel that supports our, our law enforcement, supports the families of our law enforcement. You know, these guys and these men and women are out there doing this, doing a job that nowadays nobody wants to do. And we keep changing this culture. If we go into 2023 with the same narrative that we had in 2022, um, we're going to have more deaths, more people are going to suffer. We're going to see more communities starting to fail um, and start uh, being, being crime ridden. You're going to start seeing more victims of violence. Look what we got in New York city with the uh, subway pushing and the homeless. You know, it, it's a, it's an effort that's going across this nation. And I don't know why, but I don't know if, uh, you know, you know how I'm going to speak, Sam, uh, you know, the, the, our, our current administrations against some the American free public and everybody wants to bring in this communism and it, you'll start dismantling our military, start dismantling our police force. You start um, doing our FBI like they're the kings after the, doing everything else. So uh, we'll have one government police force and, you know, who knows what's going to happen? It, it, it's scary. It's a scary time right now. It is. It's the uncertainty that is uh, that makes um, fear come to light. But you know what's not scary? You know what? The work that we've done at a badge of honor. I mean, yeah, we've learned a whole heck of a lot. We've also traveled uh, around the country. We've talked to our men and women that serve every single day. We know what is keeping them from raising their hand and saying, hey, I need help. You don't have to stay there. Um, if you watch my mental health uh, Monday Minute 
today. I mean, that was from the heart. Folks, you have people like Betsy from National Police Association. Reach out. You have a badgeofhonor.com. Scroll down. You have an ability to click on a logo. Boom. Get the help you need. There is no reason to suffer because just like our t-shirts say, you are not alone. You are not alone in this uh, struggle. Lean on the people that have gotten through uh, the darkness. Um, it's important because we need you more than you can imagine right now. And if you want to, to plug in um, even more, make a difference, go on to badgeofhonor.com. Just hit the donate button. The money goes to the education of our uh, first responders in the workshops that we do. You heard it in the intro of our show. That's where the money goes. We've got some exciting things coming for 2023. And if you want to continue to make a difference, walk with the men and women who serve. Walk with, if you're in service, with each other. Uh, Walkthebridge.org. Starting January, we are walking the third Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m., um, you can go to walkthebridge.org, find out where the closest place is in your city to you where you can plug in and you can see uh, exactly what times. Um, you know, we also have to talk about, uh, before you know it, look, it's going to be 70 degrees here in Texas on Thursday. Yeah. Woohoo! Because we're sick of this cold stuff. Well, it'll, it'll be springtime. And we've got a, our first golf tournament, March 10th, in Garland, Texas. We'll be putting up more uh, details on our website. But if you love golf, if you want to get involved in, and put together a team uh, foursome, you can reach out to us through our website, abadgeofhonor.com. We can uh, give you more information on that, as well as, um, you know, we're, we're going to be making some changes here with the with the social so tonight uh we went live on the facebook linkedin and on our youtube channel um for those of you la who watched last week um that episode was live on uh twitter um so you're gonna see some announcements be being kept on um our facebook channel but what we're gonna be doing is kind of migrating over to uh, well, channels where we're uh, got allowed a little bit more freedom. So that would be LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. I know, I know what you're thinking. YouTube. Yeah. So that is where we're going to be going. Don't worry. We'll make the announcements. And we want to just say to all of our men and women, our first responders here on the home fronts, keeping us safe. Thank you. We pray for you every single day to our veterans. Thank you for your service. Thank you for putting yourselves in harm way, harm's way so that we can live free and do podcasts like this. And yep. for our uh, folks that are in active service uh, around the world, thank you. John, take us home. You said it all, Sam. Uh, I want to wish everybody a, a happy, happy and healthy new year. Hope everybody came through the holidays okay. And uh, if you can be anything in this world, just be kind. Remember, we're all human beings. We're all just trying to make it through this spinning planet. Um, if we are disruptive to each other, it's only going to make it hard on everybody. So let's bring in a new year, 2023, with some kindness and a heart. 
See you next week, everybody. Take care. A Badge of Honor podcast is produced for the OBBM Network podcast and protected under copyright law. For content permissions, please submit your request to abadgeofhonor.com on the content page. For OBBM Network programming information, please call 214-714-0495 today.